No need for clickbait, paywalls, or shilling around. At Scarlet Rhapsody, we are an independent web zone covering conventions across the country. Scarlet Rhapsody breaks it down for you. The guests, the dealers, the culture, the cosplay, the trending fandoms, and what makes a convention worth the price of admission. Are you convention cultured? You will be. Visit us on the web at scarlet-rhapsody.com, Facebook at Scarlet Rhapsody Media, Twitter at Cons and Churros, YouTube at Scarlet Rhapsody Convention Cultured, and remember, the con is what you make of it, so make it a good one. See you at the con. Welcome to episode 317 of No Borders, No Race. I am your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. Both Anime Boston and PAX East have come and gone, and as you can tell, I seriously worked my ass off at both conventions. While I did it solo at PAX East, I honestly couldn't have done Anime Boston as well as I did without the aid of Elite Four Derek and 42 Believer. Those two have had my back for years at AB, and I am ever so grateful for all the help that they've given me. We are finished with PAX coverage, and if I'm not mistaken, we have just a couple more interviews left to publish from Anime Boston. So hopefully, at the time of this podcast, you'll take the opportunity to listen to the Anime Boston Post Show and our John Swayze interview, as well as check out our cosplay coverage and read my thoughts on the premiere of Oshinoko, some very good stuff there. With that out of the way, let's begin this week's program. On today's episode of No Borders, No Race, we do the Mario on the big screen, and an edgelord learns not to be an edgelord thanks to a star student. Plus, I share with you all the big news I teased on our last episode. We also continue our Boston Calling Showcase with three artists from the New England area. So without further ado... Let's get this playlist started. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official site, and your local record store. We summon the Fox God to bring you the latest from Baby Metal, whose new album, The Other One, shows plenty of maturity from Sue Metal and Moe Metal. They also announced a permanent third member of the team, with Momo Metal graduating from her assistant dance role. From the other one, here is Baby Metal with Mirror Mirror. Yeah. 
I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Wanna be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackcompat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. And Sumiki, that was Mason Des with Tokyo Shandy Rendezvous. That comes off of their Noisy Room EP, which features some selections from the recent reboot of Urase Yatsura. In 1993, Super Mario Brothers hit the big screen with Bob Hoskins as Mario, John Leguizamo as Luigi, and Dennis Hopper as Koopa. It wasn't a good Mario movie, but I do have fond memories of watching it. As an action sci-fi comedy, it's fun, but it's not a real Mario movie. Illumination's Super Mario Bros. movie, on the other hand, is a full-on true-to-form Super Mario film, one that does everything right as both a movie and a nod to an iconic video game series. The origin story actually takes a road similar to the classic Super Mario Bros. Super Show cartoon 
where Mario and Luigi are sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom while on a Brooklyn-sized plumbing job. Luigi gets captured by Bowser, whereas Mario is led to Princess Peach via Toad. They set off to Jungle Kingdom to get help from the Kongs, as Bowser sets off to destroy the Mushroom Kingdom unless Peach agrees to marry him. It's a very paint-by-numbers story, but when it comes to staying true to the video game, the Super Mario Bros. movie hits every note properly. The tone of the film is fun, the characters are lovable, and the action is everything that feels true to a modern 3D Mario game. But with Illumination doing the animation, there's also a good mixture of humor and heart placed in the film. It never tries too hard to be funny, and when the comedy beats do take over, be it Mario and Luigi doing a poor plumbing job or a certain nihilistic blue luma, it definitely tickles the funny bones. As for the voice acting, I was very pleasantly surprised by the performances. Chris Pratt and Charlie Day fit perfectly as Mario and Luigi, whereas Anya Taylor-Joy brings a real can-do attitude to her role as Princess Peach. Jack Black always steals the spotlight as Bowser, who manages to be both terrifying and hilarious, often at the same time. Keegan-Michael Key found great ways to give Toad a good personality, whereas Seth Rogen was, well, it was basically being himself as Donkey Kong. And to be fair, DK and SR have a lot in common, so it fits. Being a fan of the franchise since I was a kid, the plethora of Easter eggs spread throughout the film made me smile. The Punch-Out Pizzeria, the GameCube startup ringtone, the appearance of Jumpman, who is the original Mario, and the different power-ups that everyone uses brought a big smile to my face. But perhaps the best use of nostalgia comes from composer Brian Tyler, who took Koji Kondo's original game songs and added a dose of epicness to their sound. My only complaint with the Super Mario Bros. movie is that it was a little too short. I mean, it's short compared to the multiple hours I normally spend playing a Mario game. But other than that, Illumination delivered the right kind of movie experience for a Super Mario Bros. film. And with it already being the most successful film of 2023 and the highest grossing video game film of all time, it's obvious that we haven't seen the last of Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Bowser on the big screen. With many Mario games to choose from, the next film adventure of Super Mario could go in any direction. And I, for one, am looking forward to seeing where Illumination brings those Brooklyn plumbers next. Up next, we have the Chicago-based Evidence of a Struggle, the brainchild of multi-instrumentalist Reverend Billy. The self-titled album arrives on June 9th, but we're going to play a little taste of what's to come. This is Duola.
It's the Mike Rogers Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, a year-end special, and I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgold, and you can tune into the Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese, uh, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow, maybe buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show, yes, tune in. We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool, and you can hear more good songs just like this. single idol that serves as the opening theme to this season's big hit anime oshinoko currently streaming on high dive i did my best in my review of its first episode to keep it spoiler free but if you have yet to watch it i urge you please go in blindly to it rom-com is about a disgruntled men can 
normally lean hard into the cringe. It's why a show like Rent-A-Girlfriend makes my face hurt more than make my heart pound with emotion. So that leads me to this question. Can problematic men find a way to deserve love? If the first few episodes of The Dangers in My Heart is any indication, the answer is a surprising yes. The Dangers in My Heart focuses on Kyotaro Ichikawa, who appears to be every stereotypical edgelord seen in pop culture medium. He fantasizes about murdering his classmates, with his main target being Ana Yamada, the class idol. However, he begins to have a change of heart when he starts seeing how Ana really is when not surrounded by her friends. She's a snack fiend, a hot mess, and does everything in her power to get away from classmates who hit on her constantly. It's finding solstice in Kyotaro where Ana's kind heart is on full display. And after seeing that, the formerly disgruntled student realizes that being an edgelord kinda sucks, and that being a good friend is so much better. While he still has these evil thoughts of his, quote-unquote evil thoughts, Kyotaro instead directs it towards the actions of his fellow classmates, many of whom do and say some pretty disgusting things towards their female counterparts. In reality, Kyotaro is the breath of fresh air that everyone needs, not just Ana. Granted, Kyotaro has his issues, with some aspects implying that he bought a magazine with Ana modeling in it to do some lewd things while looking at it, and there's a moment where Ana hides underneath Kyotaro to avoid a friend, resulting in him getting a... He, he gets a boner. He, he gets a boner, and it forces him to run to the men's room to take care of that. But the differences between him and the other boys in class are summed up in two ways. He keeps these naughty thoughts to himself, and he feels plenty of guilt for thinking like that in the first place. One of the great things that The Dangers of the Heart does is showcase how toxic boys' mentality can be at that age. When I was in high school, I heard many a friend brag about things in a sexual manner with nothing left to the imagination. And in order to fit in, I unfortunately sometimes talked in a similar manner. But I always felt awful afterwards, whereas I'm certain the guys in my class had zero cares about it. And this anime presents that mentality well, with Kyotaro becoming a stronger voice of reason in the long run. It's also obvious that Anna feels much more comfortable around Kyotaro, as she snacks and shows her true feelings around him more than she does her close friends. From hanging out at a school fair to making cat noises in the library, the pair manage to become a more believable couple as the story goes on. But it's when Kyotaro looks out for Anna, whether it's giving her tissues when she's crying after an accident, or making sure she's not going to be receiving any lewd letters from one of the boys, where you realize how much he really loves her. Thankfully, as the third episode shows, Kyotaro's edgelord attitude instead becomes a defense mechanism rather than his whole personality. And I love how he uses it to handle the much grosser men in his classroom. The entrance of Anna in his daily life certainly helped to make him a better person, and it gives me hope that there will be other people in his classroom that'll give him a better appreciation for life. The Dangers in My Heart has been a charming surprise this spring 2023 season, 
and I highly recommend giving it a watch for yourself. High Dive currently streams new episodes every Saturday afternoon, and it'll more than likely get a home release through Sentai Filmworks. Also, I do hope it gets dubbed. I can imagine maybe Greg Ayers being the perfect Kyotaro, and maybe Lucy Christian is Anna. But, yes, watch The Dangers in My Heart. You will be pleasantly surprised by it. One of my favorite albums to come out of Japan this year is Ali's Music World, which blends hip-hop, death jazz, and a sprinkling of World Inferno-style mayhem. Accompanied by MFS, this is El Mariachi. This is Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out IssuesProgram.com to check out our stuff. Basically what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them, Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, 
you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing. You can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Devil's not real. He only lives rent free in your mind. You know, God might be a construct to help some of us unwind. I won't pretend to comprehend all of your history, but I learned along the way true joy is not a mystery. Many hands are waiting. But you won't be a child Blind to the solution We've all been talking about Hang on to the sliver of light Hang on to the sliver of light Hang on to the sliver of light This time it's either do or die all got loaded and it's the bottom of the ninth pitches pitching junk and the count is high you swing and miss and the lights went out now you're in between mercy and the shadow of doubt and it hands away but you won't reach out Blind to the solution We've all been talking about Hang on to the sliver of light Hang on to the sliver of light Hang on to the sliver of light This time it's either do or die single sliver of light the song is the artist's take on that in-between place between life and death this is his first original song for this year with his january album north american songwriter volume one and two being a selection of fan favorite songs played acoustically and now folks we continue onwards with our sixth boston calling 2023 edition of the bean town sampler
Boston Calling occurs on Memorial Day weekend happening from May 26th to the 28th. Our first act today comes from Worcester, Massachusetts, and they call themselves Blue Light Bandits. They first formed in 2014 and since that time have amassed 3 million streams on Spotify, and they'll be playing on day one of the festival. Blue Light Bandits have just released a new EP called Sadness, Madness, Pride, and Greed, and from that record is Are You Ready Now?
passion, freedom, knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. From 2021's Fieldcrest album. They were supposed to play at Boston Calling last year, but a terrible rainstorm forced them to have to stop the event, thereby canceling their slot. But they get another chance to showcase their stuff as they hit the stage on day two of Boston Calling. So please, good weather that day. So let's talk about this big news that I have. Um, for the longest of times, I've had a very big goal. And 
It's a goal that I've worked tirelessly over probably since I graduated college. And there were times where I felt like this was a kind of goal that would be unobtainable. But today, I can announce that this goal of mine has finally been achieved. About a month ago, I received an email from the JET program saying that I have been accepted into their organization as an assistant language teacher. The mere thought of me moving to Japan to teach English felt nothing more like a dream. And the fact that it's actually coming true is very surreal to me. As you heard in my summer 2022 Japan special last year, I absolutely loved my time in Kani teaching those grade schoolers. And I made it my mission to get back over there and do it full time. And I cannot explain how happy I am that this is actually happening. I still have quite a bit of paperwork to fill out, but hopefully, once everything is good and golden, I should be heading over to Japan either late July or early August. While I have no idea which town or prefecture I'll be going to at this time, I am just so excited to be given this opportunity to teach English to Japanese students. From what I understand, you're given a year contract, and if you do well, your contract will be extended more. And if you know me, I'm going to do my best to stay over there as long as I can. It may sound weird, but Japan does something for me that America can't. Here in my own country, I feel nonstop anxiety due to my autism. This anxiety comes from my environment, which causes me to have sleep issues and self doubt and other things that make living in the US uncomfortable for me. When I was in Japan last summer, those anxieties were non existent to the point where I didn't even hear machines humming or have any sort of overwhelming feeling wherever I went. I don't know what Japan does to make it happen. But they're very much an autism friendly country, which is what I've noticed a lot of people on the spectrum say when they're over there. To be able to go back and stay longer there makes me ecstatic. I don't know what sort of challenges I'll have over here, but I will take any overseas issue over anything I've dealt with back home. I look forward to bringing my A game to my students, and I will do my absolute best to give those students the right kind of English education. I'm not going to be the kind of teacher that'll scold a student for getting something wrong and move on. I'm going to be the kind that helps my students figure out the right answers and responses. Because if you're just going to say that they're incorrect and do nothing to help them, it's just going to make them feel bad and maybe even feel useless. And if you make a student feel that way, then you absolutely fail as a teacher. So you can bet that I'll be giving it my all to each and every one of those kids when I teach. Because when I was in school, those teachers did the same thing for me. They never gave up on me. And this is my way of passing the buck, paying it forward. Like the teachers I had always made sure that I was doing all right. 
And I want to make sure that I return that favor to the students that I will be teaching. Which now leads me to talking about the future of Boston Bastard Brigade. I do not know the amount of work that will be expected of me in Japan, but I do expect to have a very 9-to-5 job mentality when there. Thankfully, I do believe that I will still be able to write both manga and anime reviews at least. Video game reviews might have to take a back seat, which, if you've kind of noticed on my site, I've only been able to do maybe one or two game reviews a month due to how much time it takes to play them. So maybe expect one review a month in that department. As for the podcast show, this is where it's going to get a little tricky. I put a lot of work into each episode, and it takes a lot of time to write, record, and edit every single No Borders, No Race. And when I'm in Japan, I probably won't have as much free time to work on this show. Although my goal is to do No Borders, No Race as a live radio show in Japan, teaching has to be my top priority. With that being noted, I must announce that come late July, No Borders, No Race will be going on indefinite hiatus. I know it sucks, because for me, promoting Japanese and alternative music has been my thing since my college days. But I need to be a responsible adult when I'm in Japan. That means I need to focus on my students. And I honestly don't think I can properly balance between schoolwork and podcast work while I'm over there. Maybe once I figure out what my workload is, I can maybe, and I, this is a maybe, maybe do an episode a month, not bi-weekly. This is a decision that took a lot of time to think about, and I hope you will all respect this decision of mine. My voice won't be going anywhere when it comes to writing, but it may be once in a blue moon when you'll be able to hear this voice of mine. Again, I have to do this because this job, this assistant language teaching job, is super important to me. And I hope you understand why No Borders and Race is going on hiatus. Thankfully, even when I am in Japan, V3 will still have a presence in America, even if it's just Anime Boston. I spoke with Elite 4 Derek and 42 Believer after this year's con, and they are very keen on covering future Anime Boston events under my flag. Although I won't personally be there, I have people that I know will do great work to keep that coverage going in the future. And who knows, B3 might still show up at other cons, but, you know, it depends on both Derek and 42's schedules. But the main thing is, I'm moving to Japan, and I am super excited for this opportunity. You'll certainly see me post about my adventures on Twitter and Instagram, so look forward to reading about this great and mighty adventure that I'll be partaking in. But as we wind down this podcast show for the time being, also look forward to No Borders, No Race episodes where I will do certain things that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. I don't want to say what they are, but I'm certain you'll get a good idea of what they are once they happen. But like I said, the main thing, I'm moving to Japan. I'm so happy for this opportunity. And I hope you all 
are happy for me too. With that, let's head back to our playlist. Coming up next is 2018's Boston Music Awards Blues Artist of the Year, Ali McGurick, whom, like Coral Moons, had her Boston calling slot canceled due to the bad rainstorm. Thankfully, they invited her back to play on the third and final day of the festival. So, again, please, weather, hold up. Here's one of her most recent singles, and she calls it Milk. If our love was milk now it'd be sour Or it could be honey From the bluest wildflower Favored by the last bluebirds And bottled up from the spring Dripping out of our Dripping over our screens If our love was honey It'd be sticky and slow It'd be kept by the bees And it would be Trek to Back to the Future, we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at LeaguePodcast.com. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at League Podcast. ことと続くショートショート
ちょっと私が必要でしょう今夜はそして。The Super Mario Brothers movie は象徴的なビデオゲームを映画再現するためにあやゆることをまさしく言っています。声優陣も素晴らしく、またノスタルジックな瞬間を次々と届けてくれるストーリーです。私の唯一の不満は少し短すぎたということですが将来の続編でその問題が解決されることを願っています僕の心のやばいやつはロマンティックコメディのダクテイクとして始まりますしかし物語が進むにつれてアナが彼の人生に関わるようになって、キョタロはより良い人になっていくのを見れます。キョタロとアナが共に混乱したクラスメイトの多くよりもはるかに精神的に安定していることがわかる。ジャンルの素晴らしいひねりです。最後になりますが
この夏私は日本に引っ越しして英語のアシスタント教師になりますウェブサイトは存続しますがノーバーダーズのレースは無期限に休止となりますこのポッドキャストをお休みするのは残念ですが日本での新しい生活で何が起こるかが楽しみです。My thanks to Mikio Hattori Sensei of the Cultural Exchange Initiative for helping to translate this part for me. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on the CEI, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. Tickets are also now available on Eventbrite for this year's re event at Showa Boston, which will be happening on Saturday, June 3rd at 11 30 a.m. El Garner returned last year with their first album in over 15 years in the form of The End of Yesterday. If there's one band I would love to see tour with the fully reunited Blink 182, it's these guys. Here's one of their most recent tracks named after one of my favorite restaurants It's Cheesecake Factory. We get it, get it, go. Lovecraftian horror and black comedy. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's acclaimed second series, The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Sold to the woman in green. Estelle Thorpe has made a precarious purchase. 
get anything good. Contents of automobile trunk, back seat, and glove box unsorted. Mmm, riveting. But this auction win is more than it seems. A deranged man tried to outbid me. He confronted me afterwards. That box you bought? Burn it if you know it's good for you. He who is not to be named killed those boys and it's my fault. Just like he's gonna kill you. To solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered, Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Cubbenfield, a renowned mountain man author. Estelle, ma'am, I, I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm gonna just be upstairs cleaning my gun. <laughs> Who are you, my dad? <laughs> Oswald Sinclair, Hobo King. That's not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now. And Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm-mm. That sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together, they encounter monsters above and below, and an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham, after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children. The Necronomicon. Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back. You, you are brought me back. Brought you back from what? This is not our world. This is not our world at all. When the dance is done and his infernal song rings loudest, there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. You leap onto this thing's back and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. I will eat you. Dear Lord, what happened to you? It's take t- too long to explain. We gotta get to get to the hospital. I'll tell you what right now, we, we can't go to the police with this. Yeah, I expect you're right. They'll put us in the sanitarium. I The air gives way to the crushing depths. You're drowning. You're drowning in a sea of yellow. In this program, our cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen, and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness. Discover the terrible secret of Lot X, the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player. Just search for The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program or unlock all our secrets at CthulhuMystery.com.
The Flowers of Hell with their rendition of Joy Division's Atmosphere. That comes from their 2012 tribute album, Odes, which was one of the late Lou Reed's favorite releases before his passing. A deluxe version of Odes was released last week in honor of the UK version of Record Store Day. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Bastard Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com, like us on facebook.com slash bostonbastardbrigade, and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, the J-Pop Video Games Anime Amino pages, Instagram, and Twitch at KingBabyDuckESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at BlackCompat.com, Twitch.tv slash BlackCompat, and YouTube.com slash BlackCompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from Evidence of a Struggle, Tim Easton, and The Flowers of Hell, made possible by Shameless Promotion PR, and a very special thank you to Bike and Jody and the Germs for their contributions to Shameless Tuesdays. And as you heard after the Nihongo Yoyaku segment, CEI and Show of Boston's re-event will be happening again on Saturday, June 3rd at Show of Boston in Jamaica Plain, beginning at 11.30 a.m. The Japanese students will be hosting some cultural events, and I will once again be emceeing the auditorium show. Our buddies Aztec and Paranom from Hybrid Thoughts and Shiori Kubrick will be performing at the event, too. Tickets are now available on Eventbrite. It's free, and you can click the link for it in this podcast post. We're ending the show with the latest single from Takao Sakuma, and it's a very chill track, which makes sense since it was the opening theme to the Ice Guy and his cool female colleague, which totally deserves a second season. This is Frozen Midnight, and until next time, this is your King Baby Duck, reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps.
しがちな悪い癖流行る気持ち抑えきれなくて溢れてしまうけど何が好きで何が嫌いか全部教えてよ溶かして Hey guys, this is your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo from the Electric Sisterhood and your host for the No Borders No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, Please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can.